How the Zebra Got Its Stripes. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. It was almost 60 years ago that Rachel Carson wrote about the hazards of the pesticide DDT, and eventually it was banned in the 1970s. Now a new study shows that there are significant traces of it still found in Canadian lake sediments near where forests were sprayed last century. Researchers studied core samples from the bottoms of five remote lakes and different watersheds in New Brunswick. The samples allowed them to see chemical and biological conditions before, during, and after the pesticide's use. In a release from Mount Allison University in New Brunswick, the scientists say that DDT and its breakdown products are still very high in modern sediments and are above the levels at which harmful effects can occur. Between 1950 and 1970, thousands of tons of the insecticide were widely applied to eastern North American forests, often by air to manage insects. Chemicals like DDT are very persistent and can wash into lakes from surrounding landscapes. The lead author of the study, published in the journal Environmental Science and Technology, said that yesterday's environmental crisis remains today's problem and decades of applying the insecticide to conifer forests have left a mark on the five lakes they studied and probably many others. Earther reports that DDT will continue to be a problem, especially for fish and less so for amphibians, because it can be present for 750 years after its application. As climate change brings more droughts, there are increased efforts to conserve water. But conservation has some surprising consequences. The recent drought in California from 2012 to 2016 was the driest on record. Conservation efforts led to residents using less water inside for showers, clothes washing, and toilet flushing. And that resulted in lower flows available to push waste through sewer systems. The Water Education Foundation reports that, as a result, a significant amount of wastewater pipes have corroded and equipment's been damaged. What's more, the low flow has left sewage stagnating. About one-fifth of wastewater agencies responding to a survey in California indicated that they had experienced increased corrosion of their collection systems. One proposed solution to these problems is to focus conservation efforts more on outside the home rather than inside. Adam Link, the director of the California Association of Sanitation Agencies, told the foundation that indoor savings are good but asked, at what point are you causing more harm than benefit from saving those drops of water? A public policy group said in a report earlier this year that coordination between water suppliers and wastewater agencies needs to be improved. In Greenland, highly unusual events occurred Wednesday and Thursday last week. Temperatures were 40 degrees Fahrenheit above normal, and nearly 45 percent of the ice sheet has melted. An estimated 2 billion tons of ice was lost. Normally, widespread melting does not occur until midsummer, if even then. Thomas Mote of the University of Georgia told CNN that there have been spikes in Greenland ice melting before, as in 2012. But so much melting early in the summer could be a bad sign that indicates this year could set records for the total amount of ice lost. 
Earlier melting can make it easier for even more to happen later in the summer. According to Moat, there is a persistent high-pressure ridge that has pulled up warm, humid air from the central Atlantic. The extent of the ice over the entire Arctic Ocean at this time of year has never been as low, and the effects of the weather there are being felt in the U.S. The Washington Post reports that it's like someone left the refrigerator door open, sending cold air south into mid-latitudes, with much of the central and eastern part of the country experiencing lower than normal temperatures. Global warming may lead to a shift in the time of day that thunderstorms are likely to occur. A study looked at daily weather patterns in Western Europe where thunderstorms usually break out in the late afternoon. The research shows that in the future, the number of storms occurring in the morning or overnight could increase. The study, published in Geophysical Research Letters, used climate models to find if patterns would be affected by increasing greenhouse gas emissions. Edmund Meredith, lead author, told Geospace that while they focused on Western Europe, other parts of the world may also see shifts in daily storm activity. And finally, as a child, Alison Cobb was captivated by Rudyard Kipling's story, How the Leopard Got His Spots, that explains in a fictional way why animals look the way they do. She was particularly enchanted by zebras. Why on earth would this little horse develop stripes? Theories have ranged from the stripes being camouflage, to repelling insects, to attracting mates or that the pattern somehow kept the animals cool. It's that last one that Cobb thought had potential. As an amateur naturalist, she spent time living in Africa with her zoologist husband and observed how zebras would graze in the hot sun for hours. The two recently conducted an experiment in Kenya, measuring temperature differences between black and white stripes on two zebras. As Science Alert explains, they found a temperature difference between the stripes as the day warmed, with the black ones becoming up to 27 degrees hotter. That difference in temperature was enough to produce small currents where warm air rises and cool air sinks, keeping the animal from overheating. Like all horses, zebras sweat to keep cool. However, the couple also realized through their experiment there was more going on, and they think they've unlocked the secret. They observed that zebras have an unexpected ability to raise the hair on their black stripes while keeping the white ones flat, allowing them to to evaporate heat away from their skin. Cobb says it's the combination of these mechanisms that keep the animals cool, a system way more complex than we or Kipling ever imagined. This Week in Water is supported by the American Waterworks Association. Discuss solutions for protecting and managing aging infrastructure at WIC19. Learn more at awwa.org forward slash water infrastructure.